Good morning. Hey, it was, it's been quite a week, you know. As you probably know, Pastor Nathan and Kristen welcomed baby Samuel into the world on Wednesday, February 16th. Yeah. And what a joyous event for them. It's also been a wild and crazy week for Elder Mike Williams as he was going to deliver the message today, but he encountered a medical emergency, which unfortunately they've taken care of. The doctors have taken care of. He's okay, but he is at home right now resting comfortably. So um, instead you get me, and you almost didn't get me. Uh, on Saturday on our way, we were going to go see Patty for the taxes, and I went out to my car to get my car registration to, so she could see how much that I had paid. And I slipped and fell on the ice out there. I, I, I bruised my gluteus maximus, but I, uh, I, hurt, I hurt my pride, really, is all I did. It's, uh, the, Lord, the Lord wasn't going to let me not come in. So, uh, so, so here we are. But if you would, let's take a second, and uh, would you bow with me with a short prayer? Dear Lord, thank you for the many blessings you give us each and every day. Thank you for the joyous birth of baby Samuel to the Normans family. In addition, thank you, Lord, for watching over Elder Mike Williams and thank you for guiding the doctors, and please be with him for a safe and speedy recovery. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And welcome to all of you out there on YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, this will be a change for you too. Um, today I'd like to talk about 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 31. Uh, one body, many parts. And if you're using the Red Chairback Bibles today, that's on page 1018 and 1019. Okay. Have you ever made a cake? Sure you have. To make a cake, you need flour, sugar, eggs, and milk. However, if you quit there and combine the ingredients you have and bake them, you would have a flat, tasteless rock. You also need baking powder or baking soda, a touch of salt, some butter, a half teaspoon of vanilla, and the flavoring for whatever kind of cake you want to make. Everyone knows about the primary ingredients, but the secondary or lesser ingredients are just as important to making a great tasting cake. When it comes to the church, many times the leaders, the pastor and elders, get all the credit. But what about the person who cleans the church, the deacon who maintains the building and mows the lawn, the people who lead worship, or the individuals who work in hospitality. Don't forget the media group who make the slide announcements. Run the sound and project the media. Lastly, let's remember the accountant who maintains the finances and the secretary who makes sure the whole service and weekly events run like clockwork. Everyone plays an integral role in helping our church to operate and serve the community. One body, many parts, is our recipe for success in serving our Lord. We often think some jobs are more important than others, but as Paul states in the Bible, every part is important. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1-6, through 6, Paul talks to the Corinthians about spiritual gifts. He states, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do, I do not want you to be unaware that you know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. 
Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. Haley's Bible Handbook explains these verses by saying, Before the New Testament was completed, and while it was in the process of being written, in certain places and at certain times, God gave special miraculous manifestations of the Holy Spirit to help the churches guide themselves in the truth. This was necessary because the apostles were few, the churches far apart, and the means of transportation and communication slow. No railroads, automobiles, computers, or cell phones. Ideas could travel no faster than people could travel. The churches everywhere were overrun with false teachers making all kinds of false claims. And churches at that time had no written records as to the facts. This leads us to verses 7 through 12, which state, A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another the performing of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person as he wills. Haley explains further that there had recently been a brilliant display of gifts of the Holy Spirit in Corinth. One of these gifts was that the speaking of tongues or foreign language, probably as the apostles did on the day of Pentecost. This gift, whatever it was, was extremely popular with the Corinthians. They all wanted it. If a brother could get up in a meeting and speak right out in a language that his neighbors knew that he had never studied, that would be plain evidence that he was under direct control of the Holy Spirit. And they would look up to him. Then, as now, some people went to church for the honor they could get out of it for themselves. The various gifts of the Spirit, some natural, some supernatural, as enumerated in verses 8 through 10, were wisdom, knowledge, faith, healings, miracles, prophecies, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Yet God arranged the church to be one body comprised of many parts. Now we're going to look at verses 12 through 24, and I have a special guest today to help us do that. Mrs. Potato Head. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Okay. For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts that are of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all given one Spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. Okay. It is not, any rest, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if an ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. <laughs> okay. It is, 
yeah, I don't belong, is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? I don't know, don't put it over here. Okay. If the body were an ear, where would the, sen the sense of smell be? Take off the nose. I don't know, Mrs. Potato Head's looking pretty bad right now. Okay. But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts of the body just as He wanted. And if and if there were many, they were all the same part. What where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, "I don't need you." And again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor and our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect. Which, is, which our respectable parts do not need. Therefore, the disunity amongst believers in Corneth forced Paul to deal with the problem at length by expounding on the body, metaf body metaphor that we just heard. Okay. Um, I lost my place. Um, believers in the church are individual parts that make up Christ's body. All parts of Christ's body must work together for the body to function properly. So Paul personified the body parts as speakers, such as a hand, eyes, nose, mouth, and feet, to express the absurdity of envy and self-deprecation amongst the various parts of the human body. Some Corinthians tried to grade or place values on various human gifts, placing importance on showy gifts, such as the speaking of tongues or foreign language, over less observable gifts, such as wisdom. Paul tried to reinforce that a body reduced to a single part or member would be ugly and useless. God has dispensed or given out these gifts just as he wants. Further, to counter the Corinthians' perceptions, Paul addresses the necessity of the weaker parts, such as the stomach or lungs. Paul showed that these parts are necessary for the body as a whole to live. Thus, Paul explained that these gifts the Corinthians regarded with less honor should receive greater recognition and that God has arranged these gifts for the benefit of the body of Christ. In other words, each part of the body, yeah, each part of the body or each spiritual gift is necessary for the proper functioning of the body of Christ. Paul leaves the Corinthians with a final thought on this matter, which is humility is the pinnacle value in the kingdom of God. When we look at verses 25 through 31, they state, instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, 
Next, miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administering, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all do miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in other tongues? Do all interpret? But desire the greater gifts, and I will show you an even better way. At this time, I'd like to show you a quick video uh, about many parts in one church. Have you ever wished you had a certain talent or gift? Maybe you wish you were a brilliant scientist, or a world-famous singer, or a gold medal-winning basketball player. Those are all good gifts. But sometimes, no matter how much we practice or how hard we try, we just won't have all the gifts we want. But that doesn't mean we don't have special gifts of our own. We all play an important role in the body of Christ, also known as the church. And God's given all of us gifts to help. The Apostle Paul talks about this in the book of 1 Corinthians. He said to think about it like this. In our human body, our eyes and our feet were made to do very different things. Our eyes were made to see and our feet were made to walk. If our eyes and our feet decided to change places, how would we see? How would we walk? Our bodies wouldn't work very well. The body of Christ is the same way. God's given us our special gifts as part of His church. When we use those gifts well, the whole body of Christ works like it should to show God's love to each other and the world. But when we don't use our gifts or get jealous and wish we had different gifts, it's like we're an eye wishing we were a foot. God made you to be you with your own unique and special mix of gifts and talents. So think about how you can use the gifts he's given you to follow Jesus and serve others as part of the church. When you do that, you'll be true to the self God made you to be. Okay, so everybody has their own special gift that is given to you by God, and there's a purpose for each one of these gifts. Paul's reference to the church here is not just to the local body of believers, but to the universal church, composed of all believers everywhere and from every age. No one can appoint themselves to positions within the body of the church or Christ. All, any and all appointments are on God's prerogative alone. All members are equal and necessary for the proper functioning of the church body. The church is one body with many parts. At this time, with the worship team coming up, let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this time that we can be with you. What a blessing it is that we are all created uniquely in your image. Today, you have shown us that each one of us is important to you and that we play a distinct part in the functioning of your universal church. You have given each of us gifts to use on your behalf. Please be with each and every one of our congregation. Please reveal how we can use these gifts to bring others to you to be saved so that we can all join you in heaven when the day comes. Please continue to bless our congregation with new life, healing our sick, and mending our weary. It is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.